Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Philemon, so grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. It's interesting, even chained to Roman guards, Paul doesn't say, Paul, who is chained to Roman guards. He doesn't say Paul, who is being held hostage against his will. He says, Paul, a prisoner of Jesus Christ. Why? Because as far as Paul was concerned, he was not a prisoner of Rome. He was a prisoner of Jesus Christ. And can you imagine being a Roman guard chained to Paul, the apostle every day? Paul probably drove them crazy. They probably came to work. The first thing they did was check the schedule to see who was assigned to Paul. Oh, man, I got Paul. Be with that guy all day. He's going to talk about Jesus, 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 Jesus all day long. Paul would just share the gospel with everyone and talk about Jesus all the time. That's all he ever talked about. You got to wonder how many guards Paul led to the Lord. Now, I'm going to confess something here. Don't y'all tell anybody. But I like the show. Now, I, I don't really watch that much TV, to tell you the truth. But shows I do like, um, I like History Channel. I like um, news channels. Some, some are a little more liberal than others. I'm not careful of those. But, but I like the news channels. And I like, um, and I like, I like the show Lock Up. <laughs> Lord, pray for the pastor. Pastor like the show lock up. Tell the truth, y'all in church, y'all little lies. Tell the truth. You like the show lock up. Y'all know what I'm talking about. You don't even know it. Okay. I like that show. I just like the show. And, and if you've not seen it, it's a show. It's a it's like a you know reality show about prisons and prisoners and some of the most notorious prisons in the US and 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 you know, they get stories uh, from the prisoners, and of course, none of them ever did it. You know, they're all innocent, and, you know, they're all complaining, I shouldn't be here, I'm innocent. Paul isn't complaining. He's preaching and sharing the gospel. Paul did more in prison for the kingdom than most people do out of prison. Now, Paul, listen, if you're taking notes, you write this down. Paul wrote four letters called the prison epistles. Ephesians, Colossians, Philippians, and Philemon. Ephesians, Colossians, Philippians, and Philemon. These are known as the prison epistles. Paul, a prisoner of Jesus Christ, and Timothy, our brother, to uh, Philemon, our beloved friend and fellow laborer, to beloved Apphia, a chippus, and to the church in your house. Now, let me tell you a little bit about each of the people in this story. There's actually two main characters. One main character is Philemon. Philemon was a wealthy Christian man. Are you listening? He was a wealthy Christian man living in the city of Colossae. Paul, the apostle, led him to the Lord, as I said. The church at Colossae met in his house. Keep in mind, in the first century, that was pretty dangerous for the fear of the Roman government. 
He later became the bishop of Colossae and Philemon loved the people of God. In verse one, Paul calls him a beloved friend. His name means affectionate one, affectionate one. History tells us he was martyred at the hands of Nero. And then Apphia, Apphia was Philemon's wife. And being the wife of a slave owner meant you had the responsibility of supervising the slaves. And that's why Paul includes her in this letter, because Onesimus was one of their slaves. And then Archippus. Archippus was the son of Appia and Philemon. It was their son. Hey, that's a great baby boy name, by the way. Ladies, if you're pregnant, you got, you're having a little boy, think about that name. It's a nice name. Archippus. Like you're in the hospital. What are we going to name him, sweetie? Let's name him Archippus. <laughs> Don't do that. Kids are mean. He will get beat up on the schoolyard, trust me. Many believe that Archippus was the pastor of the church in Colossae. And here's the other main character, Onesimus. Onesimus is a slave of Philemon who lives in Colossae. Onesimus stole some money from his master Philemon and then he ran away. He tries to get as far as possible. So he goes from Colossae to Rome, which is about a thousand miles. He went to Rome because Rome was a big city and he would not likely be found there. So somehow while on the lamb, he comes into contact with Paul, the apostle. Now, Paul meets Onesimus and shares the gospel with him. And Onesimus, listen, receives the Lord and becomes a Christian, becomes a believer, becomes a brother. Now, after they prayed, listen, here's what I see in the story in the white space. After they pray together, Onesimus probably says, hey, Paul, I got something to tell you. Onesimus says, I'm a runaway slave. Paul says, really? Where are you from? Uh, Colossae. Paul says, oh, I know some guys in Colossae. Paul says, who's your owner? Onesimus says, Philemon. Paul says, Philemon? You mean Philemon on 23rd Main, Philemon? I know Philemon. I mean, I left Philemon to the Lord. And Paul says, listen. You can stay with me for a while in verse 13, but you got to go back to Colossae and face your master. Paul said, but since I know him, he owes me a favor because I led him to Christ. So I'm going to send a letter with you to him. And as I said, while Paul was in prison, he wrote Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, and Philemon. Now, this is how they were to travel. Colossians chapter four, you put it together here in Philemon, Colossians chapter four, and it tells us that Tychicus and Onesimus was to go with three letters. Stop off at Ephesus and give them the book of Ephesians. Stop off at Colossae and give the pastor that letter. And then go to Philemon and give him this letter. Paul says, in this letter, I'll share with Philemon how I led you to the Lord. And I'm going to ask him to receive you back, not just as a slave, but now as a brother in Christ. And I'm confident that he'll do it. Now, let me tell you a little bit about slaves. Are you listening? So let me tell you a little bit about slaves. During Paul's day, there was approximately 60 million slaves in the Roman Empire. How many slaves were in the Roman Empire? Thank you. Rome had a saying, get this, why should we rule the world and do our own work? There were more slaves in Rome than there were citizens. There was a constant fear of slave revolt. A slave had no rights. If you were a slave and burned something while cooking, you could be killed. 
If you broke a glass in the kitchen, you could be killed. A slave could be traded for a CD, no rights. There was also a lot of abuse as it relates to slave. Under Roman law, a slave owner had complete control over his slaves. A slave uh, uh, could be crucified for a lesser offense than running away. One ancient writer described how a slave was carrying a tray of glasses or goblets, actually, and he dropped one of them and one of them broke. And the master immediately demanded that the slave be thrown into a fish pond full of dangerous eels that tore that slave to pieces. Now, the law for runaways was very strict. If a slave ran away and he was captured, he'd be crucified and he'd be branded with a hot iron on the forehead with the letter F. For fugitive. So whether Onesimus would live or die, saints, please get this. Whether Onesimus would live or die was completely in the hand of Philemon. Now, it is very interesting. Go do your homework and check this out. Wherever the gospel of Jesus Christ was preached, there was liberty and there was freedom. Wherever the gospel was preached, slavery was abolished and people were set free. Galatians 3.28, there is neither Jew or Greek, there's neither slave or free, there's neither male or female, for you are all one in Christ. Listen, the gospel of Jesus Christ is liberating. And the gospel of Jesus Christ makes no distinction. And it doesn't matter what your race, rank, creed, or color, gender, salvation is for everybody. I want you to clap your hands, would you? Salvation is for anybody. Now listen to this. The Jewish people, they made distinction. A religious Jew would pray every morning, God, I thank you that I am not a Gentile. I thank you that I'm a Jew. He would pray, God, I thank you that I am a man and not a woman. God, I thank you that I am free and not a slave. Every morning they would pray this prayer. You see, legalism draws lines of distinction. But there is no distinction in Christ. Can the church say amen? In Christ, listen, there's no longer Jew or Gentile, male nor female, black nor white, barbarian or Scythian, the scripture teaches. We are all one in Christ. Therefore, listen, the person that you're sitting next to, if they are a born again believer, I don't care if they're black. I don't care if they're white. I don't care if they look like a smurf. They are going... I'm working to keep y'all awake and just... I don't care. They're going to heaven. And I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to wait while you clap your hands. And I'll tell you something. I don't care if you don't like black folks. You ain't going to like heaven. And if you don't like white folk, you ain't going to like heaven. Because in heaven, everybody, all believers, it's one thing I love about this church. I say it all the time. You should be standing where I'm standing. You need to look out the way and see what I can see. Right now, I see people from every walk of life, every nationality, black, white, uh, uh, Asian, Hispanics, all kinds of people in the house of the Lord, worshiping God because we are one in Christ. This is what heaven looks like. This is what heaven looks like. Heaven looks like this. Every nation, tongue, and tribe, and people gather around the throne singing, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Is anybody happy about that? Anybody happy about that? There's no distinction. There's no distinction in Christ. 
Now, there's some people who use that verse and say, well, there's no distinction between male and female, and thus they try to justify women pastors and women in the ministry and all kinds of things that they will try to justify saying that there are no distinctions between male and female. Listen, we all know that there is a distinction between male and female. Men are different than women. Please, somebody say it. Men, and what happened to the days where women were just women? <laughs> Lord Jesus. I'm going to take this opportunity to get some air. And whatever happened to the days where men were just men? There is a distinction between men and women. Men and women, they're different. Everybody knows that men are from Mars and women are from Venus. Everybody knows that when men complain about problems, we want solutions. When women complain about problems, they want to complain. Seriously, there's no distinction. In other words, listen, God, here's the, here, here, seriously, God, this is how it works. No one benefits over the other spiritually. That's what it means, no distinction. There's no distinction in Christ, no difference in benefits in the faith. Now, in our few moments left together, quickly, I'm going to give you five things as it relates to the grace of God shown in the life of Onesimus. You know, after talking about Jude for four weeks, I just said, Lord, I just want to talk about something easy. I want to talk about grace because I love grace because I need grace. Somebody clap your hands like you know what I'm talking about. Hey, you need grace. And I need grace, and I love grace. So I'm going to just talk about grace in the life of Onesimus on the road to grace. First of all, let me give you these parallels in the story. Philemon represents God the Father. Paul the Apostle represents Jesus our mediator. And Onesimus represents the unregenerated man who becomes a Christian. The unregenerated man. Five things about grace. Number one, grace is always first. Grace is always first. Look at verse three. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, as you read Paul's letters, you can see his greeting in this order. Grace and peace. Grace, in case you don't know, means unearned, unmerited, undeserved favor of God. Unearned, unmerited, undeserved favor of God. In other words, there's a little Onesimus in every one of us. When we come into the world, we come into the world as slaves of sin, John 8, 34. When you come into the world, you come into the world depraved. That means you are as bad off before God as you can possibly be. When Adam sinned, everyone was born after him, had written in his DNA a sin nature. Sin is our nature. Listen, sin is is in our nature. We aren't sinners because we sin. We sin because we're sinners. It's a depraved, sinful nature. A dog isn't a dog because he barks. A man can bark, and that doesn't make him a dog. Don't y'all say a word. (laughs) A dog barks or behaves like a dog because it's in his nature. 
And so we aren't sinners because we sin. We sin because we're sinners. It's in our nature. We are born with a sin nature. The Bible teaches when you came into the world, you arrived DOA. You weren't spiritually sick, people needing help. You weren't spiritually not up to par. You weren't ailing or undeveloped. You were completely unresponsive, flatlined, not on death row, but you were toe-tagged. Like Onesimus, we were running from God and unworthy of his grace, and he didn't know that God had a plan for his life. Onesimus didn't seek God. God sought Onesimus. Onesimus wasn't looking for the Lord. The Lord was looking for Onesimus. Onesimus didn't want grace. Grace wanted Onesimus. Onesimus didn't come to grace. Grace came to Onesimus. Onesimus didn't find the Lord. The Lord found Onesimus. And so it's God in his mercy who shows him undeserved, unearned, unmerited favor. Grace is always first. First, number two, grace is always on time. Write it down. It's never before time. It's never behind time. It's always on time. Onesimus was running from God, but God always sends the hound dogs of heaven to run you down. Can I get a witness? God could, grace could not and would not be outrun. Onesimus had to come to Rome and hear the gospel from Paul because it was in God's eternal plan. And because it was in God's eternal plan, Paul and Onesimus had to be brought together at the same time. Now look at God. At just the right time, Satan tempted Onesimus to steal the money and run. And at just the right time, God stirs up an angry mob to arrest Paul and send him to Rome. Everything happens. Happens in God's ordained plan. In God's ordained time. There's nothing. Listen, there's nothing that happens to you that God doesn't know about. He's always on time. He's always on the job. He never sleeps. He never slumbers. God's always orchestrating things in your life. And you think, oh, man, what a bummer that happened. And God is saying, great, that's right on schedule with my plan for your life. God says, I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord. They're thoughts of good and not of evil to give you a future and to give you a hope. Are you listening? Always on time. Grace number three is always, it always gives a second chance. Grace always gives a second chance and is successful. Paul's asking Philemon to give Onesimus a second chance. In verse 10 in your Bibles, I appeal to you for my son Onesimus, whom I have begotten while in my chains. He was once unprofitable to you, but now is profitable to you and me. Verse 12, I'm sending him back. Receive him. That is my own heart. In other words, give him a second chance. We serve a God of second chances. Can the saints say amen? And a God of second chances is always looking to pour out his grace upon people. If there's anyone who knew of God's grace and God who offers second chances, it was Paul the apostle. Paul was a religious man. Paul was a religious Jew who hated the name of Jesus. He purposed in his heart to stop the spread of Jesus' name and Christianity. And he went from church to church, house to house, dragging men, women, and children out of their homes, throwing them in prison, killing them in the name of God. And it was Paul who said, I was once a blasphemer, a persecutor, a violent man. Paul knew grace. Paul understood grace because he experienced grace. And by God's grace, Paul went from persecutor to preacher, from murderer to minister and to missionary. That's the God of a second chance. God's always successful because grace can't be defeated and it cannot be overturned. Number four, God Grace honors God. Grace honors God. God always gives. Grace always gives God glory. In verse 17, go ahead and look at it. Tells us, Paul said, Philemon, if you count me as a brother, receive Onesimus as you would me. Verse 18, if he has wronged you or owes you anything, that put on my account. 
I'm sure that if Philemon received Onesimus back with grace and forgave him the debt, and I'm sure Onesimus gave God the glory, do his name. And number five, finally, grace gives us hope. Verse 15 through 16. For perhaps he departed for a while for this purpose that you might receive him forever. In other words, Paul is saying, maybe God allowed this separation so you would have him back, not only as a slave, but now as a brother. He went away as a slave. He received Jesus with Paul as Paul was in prison. We don't know how that happened, but it happened. And now he comes back as a brother. It's a better relationship. In other words, things look bad now. Philemon is pretty angry, but there's hope. God is in the business of turning bad situations good. Let the church say amen. And in verse 15, in other words, Onesimus left as a slave, but he's come back as a family member, a brother. Before we come to know God, we are slaves. Galatians tells us, Galatians 4 tells us, God sent his son that we might have the right to receive the full rights of sonship. And because we're sons and no longer slaves, God has made you. Also an heir, and as an heir and a son, we are partakers of all the benefits of sonship. In other words, listen, this is great. A son belongs to the family forever. When you receive Jesus by his grace, you are in a new position of sonship, and we become members of the household of God. And now we're truly useful and truly profitable to God. Did I tell you, by the way? Onesimus, his name means profitable. Things that make you go, hmm, his name means profitable. And that's exactly what he will become to Philemon as Philemon restores Onesimus back into the family and shows him grace. He now is again, he becomes profitable. Onesimus was extremely blessed. On the road as a runaway slave, but now on the road to grace, he's accepted in the beloved and restored to his master. And that's exactly what Jesus did for us. Did you know? God showed us grace and restored our broken relationship with the father. And now we're accepted in the beloved and we are sons and daughters and heirs and joint heirs of Jesus Christ. And we are no longer slaves, but sons and daughters. And as heirs, we possess all that the master possesses. Just like when my wife married me. She became an heir of all that I possessed. I was in the military. I possessed a sleeping bag, <laughs> an oxygen breathing apparatus, and $26 in the bank. And she became an heir of all it had. <laughs> that was one blessed woman. She became an heir of all that I had. Now, here's the best thing. Listen, I'm coming in for a landing. When we get to heaven, yes, we're going to have great things. Yes, it's going to be awesome. We're going to get awesome blessings. Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you. And where I go, you know, he's going to prepare a mansion for you. And in heaven, there's going to be streets of gold and pearly gates and a new heaven and a new earth. But when you see Jesus, listen, none of that's going to matter. Did you hear me? When you see Jesus, none of that's going to matter. Our inheritance isn't from him. Our inheritance is in him. Our inheritance is him. Our inheritance is him. Man, when you get to heaven, you're just going to be happy that you're there with Jesus. And you're going to be going, yeah, nice streets, nice gate, nice place. But you're going to be 
blessed and happy that you're in the presence of the Lord. And how did you get there? You got there because Jesus Christ took the debt that you owed and it was placed on, imputed on your, on his account. He died that you might live. Somebody need to clap their hands and be happy about that. And herein, my people, is the story of Philemon. Receive this slave back. Receive him now as a brother. Philemon, you're a godly man. You're a gracious man. Receive him back now not as a slave, but as a brother. I told you, this story is charming. It's beautiful. Of our relationship with Jesus and how he loves us. Oh, how he loves us. So much so that God sent his son to die in my place. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.